0: here we go episode 64 racing news podcast it's been three weeks kyle um more so for the fact that we haven't had much to talk about but we'll do our best episode 64 <laughs> there is races being postponed left right and center there's all sorts of there's lots of training going on kyle isn't there every time i look on strava this might be our training
1: episode <laughs> the training there's a, news
0: podcast yeah this um that's what we should try change it to the racing and training news podcast there's been some massive tra- um training runs by people around the gold coast but uh, a few races to go through, so we're going to cover uh, Brisbane Trail Marathon. We'll cover flirtwood dirt. Uh, we'll get across the last ever um, gladiator for run Queensland. Uh, I think they're taking that off their calendar. We'll jump into the goat loop a little bit. Uh, I'll also cover a little bit from the Queensland All schools because there's a couple of young athletes, up and coming athletes from the Gold Coast who did quite well there. Uh, and then we'll we'll chat a little bit about Golden Trail who've announced their races. Kyle's got a few races from around Australia and we're gonna go into a bit of training and a bit of a shoe discussion this morning as well. Cause uh for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, I actually was lucky enough from Teresa to get a uh, brand new pair of Nike Alpha Flies, but I've only had the opportunity to wear them once, but we'll probably get into that later as well. So <laughs> we'll talk um we'll talk shoes and when to wear them. But Kyle, we let's will. throw to you. Let's throw to you who um yeah, I don't is this I don't know. We we said the other day off when we were just chatting that this Potentially could be your last racing news for a short period of time, uh, depending when you become a father. So it's, yes. it's coming up pretty quick, isn't it? So it could, ben Dene- could be ben Dene- live today.
1: Yeah. I've got my phone here, Caitlin's outside. So if I get a knock on the door, it could be a very yep. short episode.
0: So Ben Deneen is well, he doesn't know it, but he's at the ready to jump in and replace Kyle if and need, uh, when that happens. So, uh, yeah, we're excited about that as well. But let's get into some training, Kyle. What? What have you been up to? How have you been handling the wet weather and the wind? Because that's what I've seen on
1: Strava. People complaining mm, about the wind and the weather. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't need any weather apps anymore. What I've worked out, you just go on Strava every morning and you can get a pretty good idea of exactly what the weather's doing because everyone loves telling everyone yeah. how the weather is on their runs. Cause sometimes I feel like we forget that everyone has to run in those conditions, but that, that's, that's okay. No, training's been good. Um, obviously, I think we haven't spoken for three weeks about our mats. So I think when we spoke last, I wasn't doing a whole lot because I only had... A couple of weeks since Canberra. So I was just recovering and then going to start to build back into things. And at this stage, I'm still planning on running Gold Coast half, given everything goes well and I'm feeling good and and get some training in once the baby arrives. But at the moment, it's just been gradually building my weeks back up. So I've kind of, I haven't even actually planned too much out or tried to look at my weekly totals or anything like that. But I actually went and had a look at it this morning and it looks like it's been a really steady progression the last probably month since Canberra. So I didn't even, that was an unintentional nice little progression of my weekly volume there without really realizing it. So it's been good, but yeah. I thought I'd kind of go through giving me I don't have as many races. I'm gonna go through my last kind of two weeks, how, you know, how I kind of I suppose like I said, I didn't plan it, but how I kind of structured those weeks, the runs, just some little things, you know, that, that I kind of think about on these runs about how I could do things better and how I went with the sessions and a little bit about that. Cause I think when you actually look back on your training and go into a lot of details, you can actually get quite a bit out of a bit out of it. So yeah. I won't do the whole three weeks because then we'll be here for too long because I know we'll talk about it for too long. But I'll go through the last two weeks. So I think most people know my weekly structure is fairly similar every week. I'll generally take the group out in Narang on a Monday morning just to get my little bit of trail fix for the week so I can still somewhat call myself a trail runner. I do get out on the dirt yeah. occasionally. That's my typical, typical Monday morning run. And I've actually got out and done doubles on a Monday the last two weeks. So I must so, be going okay. So that, yeah. so I feel like I haven't yeah. As soon as I feel like I'm doing that, everyone's like, oh, doubles. You must be doing something serious. But that's just because Monday's my day off and it's the one day I can I can't double. Mm. So I try to make the most of it. So I got out and did 10K on the Monday afternoon. And I actually had my first run. I'm pretty sure that was the day I got to do my first run in the new or well, in a pair of ASICs Nova Blast. Cause so I think people had seen that on the on my Instagram. I did a bit of shoe testing at Adzi's place with all the new Asics line, and yes. which was really good. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So I'm going to go into like how I kind of pick my shoes and what I look for on on certain runs. But I got to do that little 10k Monday double in a in a new pair of shoes, which is always a exciting run.
0: Now, I have a question here. I'm looking at your Strava, and I, I'm one or two theories here. Your Monday afternoon run. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at where your house is there. Have you got this Strava, the hidden detail for do, it doesn't show you where you actually live? Or are you are you starting with a walk and finishing with a walk? Because it doesn't look like it's a complete circuit. <laughs> no, what that is doing? just
1: the privacy thing, Tom. So you're not rocking up at my house all the time. I might yeah. have to add a big slightly. Big, I should just start putting these in really random spots so it just looks like I'm zigzagging all over the place and there's just patches yeah. missing all the time. <laughs> that should be quite funny. I wonder what would happen if I just make the whole suburb just blocked out and then you just saw nothing but the distance. <laughs> empty map but no yeah. that was that was my monday and again you don't really see it if you unless you look into the run but just the amount of elevation gain i have to get on these runs on these runs around home probably shows why i don't do that i think i did 10ks and like that's pretty much as flat as i can make it and i got 166 meters of vert in 10k yeah. so that's pretty much as easy as it gets around home which is always a bit of a bit of a bummer but that's okay yeah and then on the Tuesday, we did, um, our normal kind of interval type session. So I've just been trying to build back into these as kind of best I can. I think this was the second week that I jumped back into this. And I think for this one, that was just, uh, Rob Egan and myself did this session together. We kind of, it just worked out one of those Tuesdays where like, you know, there's people that were unwell or injured or everyone was just kind of away. And it ended up just being Rob and I that did this session together, um, and, yeah, it ended up being quite a good one. So we did 7 by one k which I normally do 6, and I don't, I've don't. i done 8 before. I don't know. I just thought, no, nah, 8 seems a bit too much. I feel like I'm ready to do a little bit more than 6. I'll do 7. Um, mm. But it was good. We ran 3.12, 3.10, 3.08, 3.06, 3.06, 3.07, 3.07. So it was one of those sessions I kind of finished, and I was like, oh, that was actually a really good session without – you know, feeling like it was anything too over the top. Um, and yeah, Rob Rob was running really well. So we ran that pretty much side by side the the whole session. So it was another one of those kind of dark, slightly windy mornings, but we decided to do each rep as a out and back. So it was 500 metres with the wind and then turned around and had 500 metres back into the winter to finish off the rep, which was good. I like doing it that yeah. way. I kind of made me hold back a little bit and then just work into it the second half a little bit more. So Probably would have been better to go the opposite way, but that's just the way we decided to do it. But that was the Tuesday, which was good. Wednesday, I haven't got to the point yet where I'm building back into kind of midweek long runs or anything, so I've just been doing Wednesday and Thursdays jogging, but we got out for Wednesday Walkers, which was termed here Wednesday Tempo by Trav, because I think there was a few slightly faster kilometres in there for Wednesday Walkers, which yep. I don't know if we actually officially had any yellow cards handed out on that run, but a few unhappy people. But that's that seems to be getting quite common. On these Wednesdays, these slightly faster runs this last month. I don't know what it is, but we seem so, to be picking it up a little bit.
0: And just looking here at the kudos number, Kyle, you've, you're, you're taking the lead here on the kudos. Trav Island 68, kudos for Wednesday. Uh, Legend of Sean Lyons 38, kudos. I managed to grab 54, you 73. So you, you, you're getting more kudos than everyone else on a Wednesday as well. Um, but you're right. There was, I, I think I remember, we discussed a point system. I like the fact system. that I can go jogging.
1: It's good. It's good.
0: Yep. Yep. Yes,
1: so some some sort of penalty. I think we'll just enforce that. And if yeah, if anyone ever sees us do Wednesday Walkers and we're averaging under five minute K's, someone's in trouble. That will be a red card version of Wednesday Walkers. But we're we seem to be heading in that direction. But (laughs) that's that's okay. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, And yeah, so that week I actually normally I do my second workout on a Friday, but I had to be down for work for a meeting early uh, down in Burley on the Friday, so I did my session on the thursday so i kind of did two sessions in three days here which was a bit closer than what i normally do them um but it was good i went down and um had dave actually vernon riding on the bike with us which was nice i kind of he kept me company for the first couple of reps and i did four by six minutes and i ended up averaging i think 322 for pretty much all of the reps so i'm kind of thinking forward to this gold coast half marathon and last year i unofficially ran on this unofficial time trial 111 and i'd love to try and run about 110 and you know ultimate goal is try to go close to 110 flat and dip under if possible so that's 3 i'd have to run about 317 318 pace for that half so i'm kind of trying to do a few of these sessions where i can just slowly work myself down to that kind of pace which is around that kind of threshold pace um and yeah i did these four by 6 minutes and you know i was by myself it wasn't the best best morning in the world with the wind around lately. And I felt pretty good. Um, I actually quite enjoyed this. and It was actually quite handy. I had Dave, actually recorded a couple of little just video clips. And it's always nice when you can actually have a good look at how your technique's looking with running. Quite often we don't see ourselves run at ever. And obviously at work at the clinic, I do a lot of run screening. So I'll be filming people when they're running. And I always sit down and say, have you ever seen yourself run before? And the vast majority of people have never seen themselves run before. So that's their first time looking at it. So I always find it handy when I can get some footage and just kind of look back at how I feel like I'm moving compared to what you feel like. Because I think sometimes we we feel like we're moving along really, really well. And then you look at footage of yourself and go, oh, OK, that's not that's not what quite what I thought I was looking like on that run. Yeah. So that was that was actually quite handy on that run, I had a good session and got to have a little bit of have a look at some footage as well, which was which was nice. So that was that was a good session, that one.
0: Now, on a session like that, you, you just mentioned the wind and obviously people are batting battling with it a lot recently. What's your cause I'm just looking at that session there? So you were going with the headwind and back uh into it as well. So both directions. What's your advice for people when they're running into the headwind? Is there a change in in cadence for you? Is there is a is there a change in body position? What's what's your focus when battling, you know, a, a quite a severe headwind?
1: I think, I don't think I changed too much in particular, like you know, obviously it's, it's going to be more beneficial to actually run with quite an efficient technique without arms and legs going all over the place when you're running into the wind. So it kind of forces you to do that, but really you should be doing that kind of all the time and being in that nice, that nice rhythm when you're running. But I don't think I changed too much. I think the biggest thing I change is, well, I don't necessarily change is just making sure I get my effort right. And that's mm-hmm. been the big theme of, for me for probably this last two weeks because it just, you know, the weather hasn't quite cooled down yet. It's still quite warm and humid. And we've had some runs where it's been really, really windy. And I'll I'll talk about the ones this week because that was a big factor was the wind Um, this week. And it's just about getting that effort right for me. So, and I'll talk about when I get to the Friday one from just a couple of days ago, but that was a big factor in that one. And it just means it's really important that you know what effort you're supposed to be working at and that's what you stick to. And if it means that the numbers are way off or way slower than what you think you should be able to run the session at, that's just what happens when you're running conditions that aren't ideal and you have to be okay with with pulling that back a little bit. Um, but that, I don't yeah. think if I as technique goes that I changed too much with that. I generally have a pretty high cadence anyway. Um, I try to you know, maintain as good of an efficient rhythm as I can, whether I'm running with the wind, against the wind. It's just about then getting the effort right and not trying to force it. I think that's the one thing people try to do is they try to work a bit too hard into the wind, trying to hold yeah. the same pace they had with the wind, which is just just never going to happen
0: and are those sessions uh in the alpha flies are they in the vapor flies what are you wearing now? Uh, that one
1: was in the alpha flies i believe i think the other one might have been in the vapor flies yeah um yeah i think they were i think it was one of each i think jane did the faster or shorter stuff in the the next percent and i think i had the alpha flies on for the the tempo threshold stuff yeah. um yeah that was the thursday i took friday off which was good saturday i just jogged an hour um just kind of through Southport, Broadwater, which was nice. That's kind of my one, like, solo run for the week other than Monday afternoon. Then my two, just me time, go for a run, switch off for an hour, which is always nice. So That's my Saturday morning run. And then uh, Sunday did 21Ks just from Main Beach down along the beach. It was another kind of cold, dark morning. Actually, it wasn't that cold. It was probably a bit more humid, a bit rainy. Um, but, yeah, that was good. Got that one done. So I think I did about 90Ks Ks last week. And then again, that was just another like nice little building week. It was nothing too special. And then kind of started off this week pretty much the same, just my easy stuff on Monday. Tuesday was that interval one again. And this was another one where it was quite windy on Tuesday morning, that same kind of southerly. So the session that I did here, I really actually liked this one. So I did this one with uh, Rob and Luke. So we did 2K threshold, 5 by 800, and then another 2K threshold. And I really, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. And I had a session where I just felt quite good. It felt how it should have felt. So the first 2K, we averaged 319. And I felt really good on that rep. That was when I definitely felt like I could have just kept running. So that was a nice little boost. And 2K is a good amount of time. So it was just like 6 minutes 39, I think. I can see there we did that rep. Well, you're not running so long that you really start to feel it. But it's also not too short. So you feel like you have to go fast. So that was a really good rep. And then we did five eight hundreds. And that was where Rob was really pushing the first, probably like three or four hundred meters of those reps. So they are actually reasonably quick. I think we did three, between three or five and three ten pace, I think, for the yep. for the eight hundreds, which was good. And then we did the second two k at exactly the same time as we did the first one, six thirty nine. And that was one where that second, like the first eight hundred meters of that second two k, felt so good because we just come off running five eight hundreds hard. So then yeah. all of a sudden to hold yourself back an extra, you know, 10 or 15 seconds a kilometer, I just felt really good. And yeah, I f- finished that session definitely feeling like I could have done a little bit more if I had to. And yeah, I was really happy with that one. That was, I quite like those types of sessions where it's a bit of tempo threshold into some shorter stuff. And then we head back out into the, the tempo threshold at the end. That was a, that was a really good one. I quite enjoyed mm. that one. Yep. So that was, that was Tuesday, Wednesday, walkers. What we? I think we were 508s this week. But it was – this was probably the one of the windier days of the of the week because I think we ran with the wind on the way out and then we turned around and ran back and it was just – I think – I can't remember. I have to have a look on here what Strava reckons the wind was. But I think it was oh, – it says about 35K an hour. So that was what it – it was strong. And we uh, – that was one of the mornings where we did, did not stay out at the lighthouse for very long at all because it was on the – people that know. Kind of running out from main beach up towards the spit. When we headed out just past where the beach, so before we actually head out towards the lighthouse, um, when you're in line with the beach, the wind was so strong that you pretty much just got sandblasted for like 50 meters when you ran in front of the beach. Mm. So we all had to run with our head sideways and just got covered in sand and then got the other side covered on the way back. So we we hung out there for about a minute and then turned around and ran back. So that was that was an interesting run. Um I was in the few of us there, but that was that was one of those mornings where I I kind of got up and I was like, "Oh, I was." I could just hear the pouring rain. I thought, "What are we doing?" Like, I just want to go back to bed. But I think everyone had the same thought, but we all actually showed up. So that was mm. that was a good one to to get done, which was nice. And then what did we do? I had Thursday off this week, and then we did. I did 10k threshold on Friday, and this was one where we had to really adjust what we were doing again because of the conditions. So it was a really strong northerly, I think it was very nor'easterly. So this was one where we were going to have a bit of a headwind for the way out. And then it was going to be a help us a little bit on the way back. And I did the 10 K I think I averaged 3:33 for the 10 K, which felt yeah. like threshold. You know, I finished feeling like I could have done another 10 minutes if I had to, but I probably wouldn't have run much longer than that. But that's the same pace that I think I ran the first 27 or 28 Ks of Canberra at about four or five weeks before that, which felt yeah. great. And to it, like on that day, that was pretty much threshold for me. I did 10 like 10 Ks at that so just over 35 minutes. And that was about it. That was threshold. There's no way I could have run, you know, another 30, 40 minutes at that pace by myself yeah. that morning. And that just goes to show like when you're in conditions that are, you know, it was quite humid and windy, you just have to adjust that and just get the effort right and make sure your heart rate's kind of right. So that was an interesting one to go. I felt like I had a good run there. That was a great session. But if you look at the splits, you go, oh, that's pretty much your marathon pace. You've just run for 10 k's and it's been threshold so for some people that might be a bit of a, a little knock to the confidence whereas mm. you know for me i was just going well it was really windy conditions weren't great i got out of it exactly what i would have if it had been perfect conditions and i ran you know 10 seconds a k faster so yeah yeah I was, yeah i was happy so with that's it. um it was one of those look anything you know that impressive on paper but it's good
0: so that's that's a good fortnight. That's a that's very very solid. Um, to say that's only a couple of weeks from Canberra, those races in there. So you mentioned at yeah. the start we're going to talk a bit about shoes. You've had a bit of experience trying out a few shoes uh, recently. Now before you go into shoes, Colin, what you wear for what sessions and things like this? I've, I'm on your Strava page here, and this is quite interesting. We've got some uh, we've got some interesting stats here. There's one I want to bring to your attention. You know you get you taking your running seriously when. Uh, you start to give your Nike Alpha Flies the label of their colour. Most people have just got <laughs> Nike Alpha Fly or like Nike Next Percent, but you've actually got Nike Alpha Fly Yellow. So you're going into colours now. So you've got a good oh, selection, I've of, got... good selection yeah, of shoes was... here, Paul. You've got um, New Balance 1080s. You've got some, a fair few Pegasus on there. You've got Asics Glide Ride, 625Ks. Now, are you pretty? are you pretty on the money when it comes to logging your kilometres per shoe or have you let this slide on a few?
1: No, that's should that's pretty much right. pretty much spot on. The only thing will be because I got bullied because I was putting my warm cool downs as separate runs last year. I've decided to put all my sessions as one run, so I try my best to alternate between my warm up shoe and my session shoe to keep it even. But there, some of the fast shoes probably aren't spot on because of that. But the rest should be should be pretty close.
0: So, your Pegasus 37 have got 858 Ks on them. Your, your, um, where was it? Your ASICS Glide Ride, 625 kilometers. Uh, Nike Invincibles, 407. Now, Nike Alpha Fly, next percent, 630. That's an interesting one. Um, and what's the Dragonfly? Is that the, um, is that the it's track the spike? Chin.
1: That's my truck. That's my spikes. What have I got? In that? Se- 17. 17. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, right. I, I need to get them one a little bit more. <laughs> um,
0: and down the bottom, the Nike Wild Horse Five. I, I hear lots of people talking about the Wild Horse and they love those. So 209 kilometers. But talk us through your your approach to shoes, then, Kyle. Because well, actually give us a bit of an overview of this of the, the treadmill session that you did with Adzie Gordon um where you
1: you chucked on a few different
0: ASICs brands what was that about and what did you get from it yeah
1: I I'd said to Adzi that I'm I was after kind of another easy kind of long run shoe and I think like this there's been a really big push in the last couple of years for all the easy run shoes to be really soft which you know I've kind of got the extreme of that with the Nike Invincible which is an extremely soft shoe you put it on you feel oh this feels like I'm running on a cloud really soft and cushioned but I can kind of do like my warm ups or maybe my very easy recovery runs in it. And that's probably about it just because it's so soft. It literally gives you nothing back off the ground. Mm. You feel like you're just sinking into the ground. So it's quite an effort to try and run in them. And I think if, you know, if I'd just done an ultra a couple of days ago and I just wanted a really comfortable shoe to go out and run 30 minutes, then that'd be a great shoe. But I find when I'm on my long runs, especially, or sometimes my midweek runs, I kind of want it to be a little bit firmer where I feel the ground a little bit more, feel like I can get on and off the ground a little bit better. I feel like I just run with a better run gait and more efficiently when I'm wearing a shoe like that, they might not be quite as comfortable, but I feel like I run better in those shoes as well. Um, So I I wanted a shoe that I could probably use for those easy runs where I'm going to run, not necessarily really, really long in them, but just a shoe where I feel like I can run efficiently and run well, um, that I could pick up the pace if I wanted to, but I could also run slow and then it would feel quite good. So And I've kind of, and that's, so I went with, I've got the Nova Blast now, which is probably the shoe that I was looking for in that, that easy run range, not too soft, not too hard at the same time for the And I wore it today on my long run. We did about 25 Ks and it felt good. The kind of the further I got into it, the better it felt because I just felt it gave me enough cushioning to not feel like it was beating up my legs, but it wasn't so soft that I just felt like I was sinking in each step. So I felt like I could keep the pace rolling quite nicely as well. So for that kind of, that was what I want to get out of that session is I just wanted to find which shoe out of all of their shoes at the moment probably gave me that feel, um, yep. which was which ended up being the Nova Blast. So I'll probably be using that for a few more kind of potentially long runs or just those midweek runs or easy runs where I want to make sure I'm ticking my legs over a little bit and not getting too lazy with my technique. Because um, I suppose at the moment, like when it comes to my easy slash long run shoes, I would probably switch between the New Balance 1080s, which are just a bit softer um, yep. for like any recovery runs or potentially a really long run, I'd probably jump in something like that. I've got the Nova Blast from Asics for probably what I, all the stuff I was just talking about then. Um, and then I've still got like my Pegasus, which I'd wear just for some easy runs. The the Glide Ride from Asics as well is probably another one that just, it's got a bit more of a rocker in it. So I feel like if I wanted to pick the pace up a little bit more on a run, I'd probably grab that one. Um, so I've quite liked That those probably four at the moment are the ones that I'm swapping between between my easy runs and then I've got you know the invincibles which I've just been wearing for my warm ups before sessions. Just yeah, we'll do five k's, just nice and easy and just jogging and I'll just pop those on before I start. Um, And so that's probably when it comes to like my easy run shoes that that's what I think about as well. and I, I suppose this is the question people always get, oh, what shoe should I pick? Because again, some people are going, you know, I'm only going to have say one or two shoes and that's all I'm going to get. What what do I go with? You know, because you know everyone asks, what's the best shoe And people name off all the sh- super shoes from all the different brands? But that's not going to be the shoe. If you're only going to have one or two shoes, I probably wouldn't get one of those shoes because it's just not it's not something you want to be running in all the time. Mm. Um, you know, if you if someone's well conditioned and a decent runner and they can run with good technique for a long period of time, they might get away with it. But if you're only just getting into it. Um, that's probably not the shoe that you're going to go to straight away for much volume. So like if I could, and this is what people say, like if you could pick kind of one or two shoes and that's all you could have, what, what shoes would you pick? So if I, like, if I looked at all of my shoes that I've got and said, okay, I could only grab two for everything. For example, I would probably grab one of the super shoes, which I do my sessions in. And then I'd probably either go for like the Asics Nova Blast or the New Balance 1080s at the moment. They're probably the two shoes that I've been going to in the last few weeks. And, yeah, I, I quite enjoy running in those, those ones and it kind of covers a bit of everything. Um, but, yeah, I think the big thing people, trap people don't want to fall into is just grabbing the softest, most comfortable shoe they can possibly find because you will put them on in the shop and they go, oh, these feel amazing. They feel so soft, so comfortable. And then, which they will. But the other thing is, one, they tend to be a little bit more unstable underfoot when you're running in a really soft shoe. That's why they feel so soft, because there's nothing firm in there and rigid. There's no plates or anything. And it's a slightly softer foam. So if you're running somewhere where there's a lot of turns and you're a bit all over the place, that can cause, you know, different loads on different tissues, which can lead to little niggles and injuries. And I tend to find that people that run in soft shoes all the time, they tend to just get lazy with their technique because they can't really feel the ground. And those really soft Mm. shoes allow you to get away with it. So if you're going to wear really soft shoes all the time, you really got to be aware of how you're running, whether it's what your cadence is or what you need to feel or a cue or something to make sure you're not getting lazy and just kind of slowing your cadence down, over striving a little bit more because you won't really feel it in those really soft shoes, which in a way is great at times, but not all the time. So I think people just need to watch that they don't fall into that trap of just always going for comfort. Um, Like Comfort's definitely a big factor. Like You want something that's comfortable, but it's not the be-all and end-all to go for softness, which I think if you if you look at the way running shoes have trended over the last probably decade, everything's getting softer and softer and softer. And I, I wouldn't surprise me if the next, the next decade it goes the complete opposite way again we're back to quite firm, fast shoes again, just higher stack height but firm foams. So I think when I come to shoes, I want to have that variety. Like if people are fortunate enough to go, okay, I can have multiple shoes that I can decide what to wear, I would look at one, what type of run am I doing and how am I feeling? And that would determine what shoe I wear on that day. And, you know, I've got a plenty of shoes that I'll rotate between, but I also know like exactly what I'm after in a particular shoe. And if I've got a certain type of run, I'll go, okay, they're the two that I'd toss up between. Am I feeling like I'm ready for that shoe today? No, I'm just going to go with the safer option because that's a bit more support, for example. And, you know, if I have a run where if I, for example, like in that Canberra lead up, if I've, had a fairly big week with some big sessions and I know I'm doing a solid long run. I wore my alpha flies for a couple of those long runs purely because I pull up so well from them. I don't get any muscle soreness after I wear them. I could do those 30 plus K long runs and my legs feel absolutely fine. And then, you know, if I was feeling, if I wasn't doing a big long run and I felt great, I probably wouldn't go for a shoe like that for a long run. I just wear your normal, your normal trainer, which would be good. But I know I'd probably end up just a bit sore wearing those as well. So You've got to be able to kind of work out what are you what are you needing on that day, depending on what the run is and, and how your body's feeling as well. So mm. it's not a, it's not a straightforward answer, unfortunately. There's no one shoe that is going to work for everyone and work for all runs.
0: And in terms of brands, when we just look at yours here, I mean, there's there's nothing really from Adidas. There's nothing from Saucony. Is that just because you haven't been exposed to them? You've never had training partners who've worn them. Like what
1: what's the go? What's the reason for that? Is is there a reason? Mm. Yeah, I just, like I said, more haven't been exposed to them. I think if, you you know, you could stick to one brand and they've kind of all got their all their varieties of all those different types of shoes and different brands. Mm. Um, I've always been trying to get a couple others into the rotation as well, just to see what they're all like. And, you know, if you're after that really soft shoe, most brands are going to have a shoe that's really soft. Most of them are going to have a super shoe. Most of them are going to have that traditional trainer that's a little bit firmer and a bit more supportive. They've all kind of got a bit more of that range. It's just some brands that have a bigger variety of shoes as well and kind of tried and tested ones that i've probably worn for a while i think everyone will have that story of like oh you know i had a shop near me that sold that brand yeah. so i just started wearing them and I've, I've worn them ever since or i had a friend that had those so i wear them so there's no particular reason like i think you know, if i went in and started wearing all the new balance shoes or saccone or, or something like that i'd be just as happy running in those and i think if you take away all the brands and the marketing and whatnot each brand's line of shoes probably has a similar range of all the different types they've got for similar purposes. They just market them differently and put different names on them, but they do a similar job.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I guess the, the point with Nike as well is that they just got there first, didn't they? So they've, they've got a, a fairly large segment of the, the mm. market share because they were the ones that brought them out first. And lastly, last question on shoes, Kyle, where do you stand on, wearing road shoes on trails. Is there a place for it? Is it something that you've done in the past? Um, is it dependent on you know, the surface and things like that? What's, what's your thoughts about that?
1: Uh, for me, it's probably entirely dependent on the surface. I've done a bunch of ultras in road shoes. Um, I'd say probably a third of my ultras I've done in road shoes. I did tire wear 100K. I've done it in road shoes and trail shoes and probably didn't notice too much difference. Like... I think I've done, I don't know if I've raced in Narangan Road. I've run in Narangan Road shoes quite a bit. It just depends how rocky and wet it is. But if I'm running somewhere where it's either really hilly or quite technical or slippery, I'll definitely grab a trail shoe. But if I'm somewhere where I know the ground's relatively even, I'm confident enough to wear a road shoe more because I feel like I've done enough running that I've got the strength to run in those. But if I'm somewhere super rocky and I don't want to feel every rock underneath the bottom of my foot because you just can't avoid them, then I need that trail shoe that's either got a little bit of a rock plate in the bottom or just a thicker, firm sole. But I'm, you know, for me, if I'm running an ultra, that comfort is a bit more of a factor than than anything. Um, and that's why I love the than with the North Face shoe that I've been wearing for the longer trail stuff in the last few years. And I wore for Kokoda last year and I'll probably wear for Kokoda again this year um, just because they were quite soft as well. They were comfortable. They're not the fastest shoe out there. Like I wouldn't wear them for a short, fast race. But if I'm going to be on my feet all day, they were amazing last year because I didn't, again, didn't feel my feet once in that 12 hours. So... Yeah, it it purely depends on the the race and the conditions for me. I'm not afraid to wear road shoes on the trail if I can get away with it, only because I've got a much bigger variety at the moment. But happily, again, I could have a similar conversation about my trail shoes. I've got a whole bunch of different types as well.
0: I mean, you dropped a couple of big race names there, Tarawera and Kokoda, but people are, yeah, we're interested in that, but the real fascination is, do you remember what you wore on your goat loop record uh, racing day? What did you wear there? Was it road? Because um, that's what people want to know. They, they, no, I, I think Tara wear is one thing. Kokoda is one thing. Great. <laughs> interested. But people want to know, what did you wear on your goat loop?
1: I'm pretty sure I wore trail shoes for my goat loop. I think I yeah. had the, yeah, I think all my goat, because, again, that's a trail where I kind of want a little bit of grip and it's rocky. Like in Narang, if I'm running hard, it's rocky enough that I'd, I'd kind of want some some group. Um, I think I wore the North Face, is it Vective Flight or Flight Vective the carbon plated right. one for the most recent one oh, and right. I think I had the the RKTs from North Face on for the previous one so I think they've all I think they have been trail shoes so there you go goat loop has to be trail shoes <laughs> well I'm in trouble
0: then because <laughs> I think I wore Pegasus Turbo on that particular day because it was <laughs> nice and flat and I thought well you know I need the lightest shoe possible all right we've got a, a fair bit there for shoes and. Fair bit there for training, but we do have some races. A few things to chat about, Kyle. That we'll uh, that we'll get through. So um, I'm going to start it off. This was a couple of weeks ago, Brisbane Trail Marathon. Um, so quite a good race up there. It's a couple of weekends ago. So they had all sorts of different distances, but we'll just go through the marathon um, and the half marathon. So. The marathon in the males. First place, uh, Daniel Bunan in three hours, 59. Second, Nick Titucci in 4.04. And third was Rob Ormsby in 4.13. Closely behind in fourth on that day was uh, Nolas Rayart was in 4.15. So that was a pretty close day for third between Rob and Nolas. Um, so, I mean, marathon distance to go sub sub four hours. On a Pretty pretty technical, pretty hilly course up there. So well done to Daniel for the win. In the females, uh, Risha Lewis took out the win in 4:17. So she again she was putting pressure on the the podium for the men's um, second Ursula Adams 4:22 and third Sonia Alba Miller in 5:12. In the half marathon, uh, in the males first Darcy Swain two hours and twenty from Trailbury. well done Darcy. Um, in second Jim Cato in yeah in two hours thirty uh, and third Michael Lubka in two thirty three. For the females, first place, Valerie Fox, 247. Uh, second, a trail runner who's been around for a long time, Jeff Sluder, 249. And in third place, Amanda Hoopman in two hours and 50. So there we go. There's the Brisbane Trail Marathon. In the past, Kyle, it's been used by a few people in build-up to UTA. But uh, hmm. as as everyone would know, I suppose UTA was was this weekend. Was supposed to be this weekend. This was supposed to be the big
1: episode. No wonder we've got nothing to talk about. It's (laughs) not a whole episode on UTA. missed it this year.
0: Yeah. So I don't. I didn't even see photos from down there. I didn't. Don't know what the conditions were like. Anything like that. I think I just. I took. I took off my weather app on the, on the iPhone um, this year when I knew I wasn't going. So yeah, it feels a bit strange, doesn't it, to be the middle of May and to not have um, Ultra Trail Australia to talk about. But it's Mm. been moved to October. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, so, yeah, Brisbane Trail Marathon, uh, well done to those who podium there. What about Kyle? Flirt with dirt. Round two out at Coomba Bar. Pretty flat surface. There's a couple of good segments out there, which um, people sometimes go out and have a have a good shot at. Coomba Bar.
1: Yeah, I haven't been. When was the last time you ran out at Coomba Bar?
0: Uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm. I went out for a nice, a nice run. But apart from, before that, was a long time. Would have been a year or so. Yeah, I
1: haven't, I haven't been out there for ages. I need to get back out there because it's a beautiful place to run. I wish that was so if we had that, mm. but it was like a thirty k loop that you could do. I feel like I'd be out there all the time, but <laughs> it's a bit too short. But I need to get back out there. It's a great place. Mm. So I'll go through the seven and a half yep. and the fifteen. They were the two main ones that we had. So in the females for the seven and a half, Olive Davis ran thirty nine fifty one for third place Dana Ma was second she ran 36 21 um, and Tamson Pasco she ran 32 20 so that's a um Tamson's run really well there for for the first place and then in the males and Dana and Tamson were first uh, second and third across the line as well so they've done well yep. the, the ladies there against the guys uh, Benjamin Kelly he was third in 37 yeah 37 38 so ben's run well there for third uh will davies ran thirty-seven, fifteen for second and cooper bagley has won in 3102 in the 14 15 year age group so another young young person who's beaten all the adults in that one which is always good to see so went right on to cooper there and then in the, the 15k this was the the main event for the day So, I'm going to go through the males first, even though the females were first, second, and third across the line. They did very well in this one. Um, Darren Janetsky was uh, third in 121.19. Nicholas Donnelly was second, 117.11. Skip Verges was first in 114.04 for the males. And then the females, uh, Shara Jones was third. She ran 110.25, just behind Sharon Ryder, who was second in 110.07. And Regan Ellis took out the win in 106-29 for, for first place. So great running there by everyone at Coomberba. But the ladies in the, the long course have they've had a great day out. They've absolutely dominated. So good to see. Yep.
0: They have. And Regan Ellis is a name people will recognise from uh Park Run. I think she's often competes down at varsity lakes, I think down there that sort of way. So uh yeah, good day out there. So Kyle, the, the segment I was talking about, I think there's a there's a one kilometer segment that I know um uh, Gold Coast Run Co. often do. Jackson Elliott's squad, they used to head out there a fair bit and do that. Um, do, do you know the part that I mean is that really long, straight
1: yeah. um, running from the east to west yeah. stretch?
0: Yep. So, um, yeah, get out there if you want to do a little 1K effort and uh, see if you can crack the magic minute marks the five minute, the four minute, and the three minute mark. Uh, what, do you, what shape do you reckon you're in, Kyle, for one 1K flat out? 10K, 10 minute jog, warm up, few strides, 1K flat out. What could you Ooh. do?
1: Is this on that trail or just on a yes, track, or are we, where are we running no, this no, K on, on, that trail, on that trail? I think. Yeah, I reckon I could go two forty-eight. That would be my prediction. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm back that'd on be myself. Very
0: quick, be very it. quick. I mean it. It's a it's a trail, but it's um, but there's not there's not too much in the way, so I think yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good time. Now I've got a um, I've got a few to talk about here. So a little bit different, Queensland all schools cross country, um this is sort of cross-country time for a lot of the schools happening. So I happened to be out at the Associated Private Schools, uh, the APS cross-country. And then I saw that the Queensland All Schools cross-country was a week afterwards. So I was just looking through a couple of the results, particularly from the older um, students, those kind of 15, 16 and, and that sort of age group, just to see if there's a couple of names that we recognise. And a couple of names popped up that I thought would be worth um, just mentioning because they have been cra- around sort of trail racing, they've been around road racing and particularly park run. Um, so the girls, 16 kilometers, uh, it's a four kilometer race. So this was quite a close one, but in fourth place was Tess Hannigan, 1438. Now people might remember her name from Tambourine park run. I think she's the female record holder up at Tambourine park run. So Tess has come fourth, um, in first place from Somerset college though, Aspen Anderson, 1422 Aspen was, she's been in our park run top tens, I think for the last couple of years, um, and 14.22 for a cross-country course over 4K is, is excellent, is very, very good. Um, and the one that I noticed in the boys, the 15-year-old, uh, a little shout-out to Joe or Joseph Lethlian. Troy's son. He came second in 13-13 for four kilometres. Kyle, oh, that's impressive, isn't it? That's good. Fine.
1: He's been going from strength to strength. He said yeah. he had a great, great few runs at nationals and on the track, and now he's he's transferring it to cross country. Well, so
0: yeah,
1: like he said it's going to be exciting to see what he can do over the next few years. I
0: saw him race at the APS Championships, the, I think it was the week before or half a week before, and he won the 15-year-olds quite comfortably that day. Um, and then in the open men's, I'm not too sure of the calibre of the competition um, because it wasn't technically the Queensland State Cross Country Championships. It was more for school age, but they had an open category. Um, Caitlin on bell she won the women's in 14-18. And the open men, Tim Fisk from the Burt Squad, he ran 12-28. Um, so that's impressive times there. Here's the interesting thing, Kyle, about cross country. And I, it's been this way for a long time. So as you progress through the age groups, the distances go up. Now, both male and female, at um, when they progress from the primary school to senior school, they both do three kilometres. And then they get to 14 years of age and they both do four kilometres. But that's the, f- the, f- the greatest distance that the females mm-hmm. run. They stay at four kilometres and yet the men or the, the boys, that when they get to 16, they go to six kilometres. And then if they're still there at 18, I think they actually run eight kilometres. Um, mm. and the females stick at four, which is in, an, in today's day and age, it's a bizarre concept that the, the girls don't go any greater distance than four kilometres. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I don't know. Maybe they should just leave the men at four. I off, Often the, the thing about it when you watch it, often at the same pack that's there at four is, yeah, it's a bit more spread out at eight kilometres, but you, they're pretty much there. The leaders are there within a couple of K. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think it, it should be the same distance regardless, either make the girls run a bit further or bring those boys back to... Yeah. No four strange. kilometers it is a bit strange um but yeah so well done i mean for, for now most of those those high schoolers there for aspen and tess and joseph they're looking now at i guess the regional championships like south coast and the metropolitan ones and then that goes on to queensland and nationals later on so yeah best of luck to those um, who are progressing through the cross-country ranks uh parkrun There's a couple of races around that i just wanted to draw your attention to again the conditions haven't been good for parkrun at all you'd be you'd be well pressed to to, to do a PB in the last couple of weeks. But there has been a few good ones. Michael Hall, who you've had a couple of good battles with at Par- Paradise Point, he ran 16.01 on the same day that his elder sister, uh, Stephanie Hall, ran 19.39. So a, a brother-sister partnership win there for the Halls. Uh, we good. said that. I think that that's been done a couple of times. We've mentioned it. We've had a father-son, I think. I think Michael and Steph have won Paradise Point together. But that's two very good handy times there. Uh, Desi Cutter, looks like he's coming back to some park run form at Coomera. He ran 17.13 and 17.40 for a couple of weeks there. Um, And then Mark Hones, who we mentioned when Jack Gill ran and Tom Brimlow ran their Broadbeach one. Mark Hones, he ran Kira in 16.22. And then, funnily enough, Kyle, at Broadbeach, I think it was a week later, ran 30 seconds quicker, fifteen (laughs) fifty eight. That's where we all need to go.
1: That's where I'm heading for my next park run.
0: So well done, Mark, there. So uh, uh, a good time at Kira and a good time. At Broadbeach. But as I said, Kyle, there's not much happening. I imagine now once we're looking at this weather clearing up, aren't we, hopefully next weekend, the weekend after. I hope so. I really hope and it does. You, you think now people will be leading up to Gold Coast Marathon, which I think you said is only six, seven, eight weeks away. Now people are going to be wanting to put down some pretty quick five-kilometre times um, in a lead-up to it. We, we have penciled in early June, mid-June for the North's Championship Day, but obviously that's going to be... Weather dependent and whether all this this clears up so yeah park run hopefully will be back better than ever in the coming uh in the coming weeks so what do we got next Call the gladiator The go, last yeah, gladiator. gladiator that what was you got yeah the
1: us? last one last one so this one we'll go through so the half marathon is the main kind of event here um and i'll go through that one so if we go to the, we'll go to the ladies first as we normally do. Let's bring up their results. So, third place, uh Rach Cheshire ran fifty. No, that's the checkpoint. Oh, where am I? Ran my wrong spot. One fifty seven forty three. She was third, only forty seconds behind Kristen Vorton. One fifty seven oh three. I always like when we get to see close finishes in these. Actually, want to check time here. And then one fifty two forty four for Hannah Siddle, who's she's run by about four four and a half minutes there over the twenty one course. So. Good running there. Do you know about this course, Tom, how hilly it is?
0: Um, it looks like – Well, I was actually thinking of going up there, but it ended up being my birthday weekend, so I didn't I didn't really want to race, to be honest. Um, so I think it sort of goes straight out around Wild Horse and then back. It doesn't look like it goes up it. It just goes around Wild Horse Mountain and back. So pretty flat, pretty flat and, right. and quick going.
1: So then in the the males in third place, we had John Robertson in 131.37. Lachlan Kerran ran 128.50 for second. And then Brian Wilder has won again. We need to keep track of how many races he's done this year. I feel like this is at least his 10th win for the year. He ran 123.46. He's winning you know everything. What? I think it's more than that. I'm sure
0: I saw on Strava that he'd run like 17 races from I can't remember. I can't remember the last. Well, oh, actually, no, we can remember when he was beaten because he was beaten a couple of times in the SEQ series, wasn't he? Um hmm. by that young true. fella. Um, but I think I saw on Strava, and I'm sorry if I'm wrong with this, but I thought I saw 17 from 21 victories, which is an extraordinary return. If it's anything like that, um, I'll have a look after we finish recording. But yeah, he's he's tough that's to beat. Incredible.
1: He's very tough to beat. Yeah, I don't think I. Yeah, that's a lot of racing too. That's a lot of racing. Mm. Um, and then I'll go through. We had the, had the 15k as well. So uh, Carol Cocking was 125 42 for third. Fern Doyle, 124.51 for second. Lucy Bowden ran 116.26 to win the ladies. So that's an eight-minute victory there from, from Lucy. And I think she was third across the line because third male um, was 120.40. Andrew, oh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that last name. What do we got? Sacasiris? Have I got yep, that right? That's good. I've done that's well good. there. Very good. Uh, second was Howard Howard McCann in one hundred and ten forty seven, and Simon Wilson took out the win in one hundred and nine sixteen. So, what on to everyone that was up running the last ever Gladiator? They will be the final winners ever of that event. That's a cool so, yeah, so
0: that is, isn't it? So, those, so to Brian and Simon and Lucy and Hannah, then you can every year you can say I'm five years undefeated at the Gladiator, or ten years undefeated, or as long as you want to be. So yeah, that's a that's a good stat to have, and and for those of you who uh, you saw the pictures from the gladiator, so you pretty much dress up like a Roman centurion or like a like a member of the Roman public, and away you go. I don't think it's compulsory to dress up, but it it would look to be a good a good event on the calendar. And uh, I'm disappointed I never got to do it because it looks like a fun one, and, and as I said, quite flat, I think, for the distance. Um, so yes, there we go for that one. Let's let's jump over Kyle to a note from the goat. Now the one thing that I wanted. I was so looking forward to it happening. It's finally happened. A runner on the Gold Coast has managed to get more loops than days in the local legend. Scotty George, congratulations. When I looked today, it said you are 92 loops in the last 90 days. And within that as well, within these three weeks, he was also, um, he would be the second person to run 300 loops. I think yeah. I'm right in saying that, yeah. I think so. So he, he yeah. got to 300 loops. Brad Ed made him a wonderful jersey or uh, sort of a singlet from the north. Uh, Vince Stefanak with his goat loop uh, pressing, T-shirt pressing company that he's got happening, made a beautiful design and logo sort of put on there as well. So um, <laughs> check that out as well if you haven't seen it. So, yeah, Scott George, 300 loops. Well done, mate. It's a remarkable achievement, particularly in the last couple of months when the goat loop has been so rough underfoot and so tough going. Uh, a lot easier to go out and jog on the road. Uh, a lot easier on the foot, a lot easier on the shoes, and a lot easier um, day after day. But Scott has been out there pretty much every day after work, just putting down one or two loops, and he's got to 92. I guess the next thing, uh, Scott, is just see if he can push that up to 100. That's all we need.
1: Yeah. How good would that be? Triple figures. It's impressive.
0: Um, Because now, of course, he would then have to start looking at what he did 90 days ago and seeing if he did a double or a triple because he might go out and do two loops. But if 90 days ago or 91 days ago he did a triple, he's going to be minus one, isn't he? So he's, got to, he's now got to go back and, and look pretty carefully. So other people on the local legend, Ben Deneen, is number's getting up there, 61. He's pushing very, very close to 500. Um, he said to me it's going to be hopefully before GC30, which is a couple of weekends away. So Ben Deneen is very close to 500 loops. He's on 61 at the moment. Vince Stefanak, 36, Brad Glover, 35, Jack Day, 27, and the lead female on the uh, local legend, Sheree Barnes, on 16, um, which gives us a total of 7,442 attempts on the goat loop. But interestingly, Kyle, only two of them Oof. this year have been sub 30. Only Tom Brimelow and Andrew Pierce oh. in the five and a half months that we've had have run sub 30. So if you have a look at they, the. Were lead they both page in January
1: for summer goats? Yep, yep.
0: So yeah. if you have a look on the on the front page of, of Strava at the Goat Blue, you'll see how old those those top 25 times are now. There's not many that are even in the near future. A lot of them are sort of a year or a couple of years old. So it's time to lay down some new times or time to get some new blood close. on there. We're
1: getting, One of the two. Yeah, that's right. I think we're, we're probably, so once this weather cools down, the rain disappears, that trail flattens out, I think the times will continue to pop up again, hopefully. Yep, yep.
0: Definitely. Um, but apart from that, Kyle, I don't have much else from, from, from the goat loop. Um, as I said, because wet weather has been hampering absolutely everything, including people's attempts at,
1: at the goat loop. Um, well, I think the only noticed... other news, I had my first stack in the ring for, I reckon oh. six or seven years. Thanks to the yep. goat loop. I don't know where I did it Monday, Monday morning. It was the group. Uh, we ran into actually uh, Henry, Tom and Rob were out on a run. And we were just coming up around the top of the houses. And I now have found out because I haven't run for so long, there's this new little path. We used to run down, like the concrete part when you go down yeah. the hill past the houses. And there's this little yeah. upper part right up the very top. And I thought, oh, that'd be a good spot to run. I'll, I'll step up onto that. And I stepped up with my right foot first and just <laughs> did a lovely little roll down the mud. But I, it was yeah. quite graceful. I felt like I fell fairly softly. It wasn't too much blood. I popped up and then we got up to the top of the hill and I was like, oh, fallen over And I looked over and Sean had done the exact same thing. He had way more blood than I did. We didn't even know that each other had fallen. I think it must have been at the same point in the dark. So that was good. That was my, I'm a trail runner again. I've I've given some blood to the goat loop.
0: Yep. Well, you've got to be for Kokoda because that's coming around pretty quick. I imagine. I imagine Imagine Narang is full of Kokoda teams hiking and jogging and running and that sort of thing at the moment. Um. So, Kyle, what else have we got? So, you've got a couple. Have you got anything from yeah. around Australia? Because I've just, I've just got the um, the list of, of races from the Golden Trail Series, which we're always a big fan of here on Racing News. We love the Golden Trail Series, and they've announced the races because the season starts pretty soon. So, here they are, Kyle. Uh, Zagama is race one. Marathon de Mont Blanc is race two. Um, the Strander Fjord uh, Trail race in Norway is race three. Sierra Zanal, which is a favorite of lots of people. Race four, Pikes Peak Ascent, which is the famous one in America, race five. We're talking beforehand Flagstaff Sky uh, Peaks is race six, which we think is a a new addition. And then the the final is in Portugal's, the Madeira Ocean Trails is the final. I think that's kind of September. So if you haven't been across the Golden Trail series in the past, the footage from the Golden Trail is always so well done. Um, it's you can pretty much follow the runners from start to finish now with with live cameras on on the trails and things like that. So it's just a question of um, who turns up, whether um, – who's the champion? Who's the guy? There's a Polish fella. Um, who's the champion? Do you remember? Is it Stig? Is that his name? Stan?
1: Stig? Stian. Stian. <laughs> can't remember his last name.
0: Yeah. He yeah. Out, yeah, he won last
1: year, didn't he? I'm pretty I sure so, I yeah. got that wrong um it'll be good
0: yeah it's wonderful and and Maud uh um, Matisse often she she's reigning champion for the last couple of years so she's pretty much unbeatable when she turns up um but yeah that should be starting in a couple of weeks time but what
1: what have you got Kyle, from from around Australia anything that's happened yeah just one that was on this morning so the Sydney Morning Herald half marathon was on and we had a few of the southeast Queensland boys headed down and running and ran so I'll go through the female results first so th- and this is from what i've heard quite a hilly half marathon course I like think I didn't see Liam's Strava said he felt like they ran up every hill around Sydney. So it must have been quite hilly on that course. So uh, third place in the females was Abigail Nordberg. She ran 115.17. Leanne Pompliani yep. ran 114.22. And Carly Thackeray ran 113.29 to take out the win, which is a cracking time on that course. Um, and then in the males, uh, Liam Boudin, he ran 106.21. So that's another great run. So we often see Liam when we're finishing our sessions on a Tuesday and especially a Friday morning. He's normally starting his run and running significantly faster than what we're running. So he's training on the same area that we do. Just He looks like he gets a bit more of a sleep in, which is very fortunate for, for Liam. Clearly works out to, to run faster as well. Um, so he ran 106.21. Tim Vincent, who people will know because we've mentioned him quite regularly on this podcast, he ran 105.33. Um, and Liam Adams, so our Olympian, one of our marathon runners, he ran one hundred four forty nine to take out the win in his trademark tradie singlet. By what I could see, he's just smashing everyone.
0: Does um does that surprise you that that result that that Liam Adams was able to beat Tim Vincent based on what Tim Vincent's done recently, or you, or is that pretty much as you expect? Uh,
1: no, I think like like I said, it's quite a hilly course, and I think Liam's just. Quite strong, runs a lot of volume, marathon, you know, tried and tested marathon runner. He's been to the Olympics. I think on those kind of tougher, hillier courses, I think he would be quite hard to beat. He's a name that people don't think of as being one of the really, really fast guys, but yeah. he's, he's got some incredibly quick times next to his name and you know, he's run a 2.10, two, eleven marathon. So I think that's pretty much his marathon pace that he ran this morning, even though it was on a hilly course. So yeah. I think he probably, but it looks like he won by, what, 44 seconds. So I'd say he did that. I'm not, I'm not surprised, definitely yep. not surprised.
0: Yep. All right. Is that is that the only race or is there anything else from
1: uh, around the country? That was the main stuff. I think a lot of our kind of top top athletes are all overseas trying to qualify for the world champs at the moment. So there's been a lot of track races happening all around the world, um, which has been good. But, no, nothing else. I don't think unless I've been missing something. I did see that Kieran Perkins went for, the I think, the South Bank Park Run course record yesterday. Ah, I think he right. missed it by a couple of seconds. I think he nearly ran... Well, his Strava said he averaged two fifty something, um, but his time was just about fifteen flat or just over fifteen. I think he missed it by a couple of seconds. He posted, so he's been yep. running extremely well. So after his yep. his win down in Sydney, so other than that, I don't think there's been. I've probably missed heaps of stuff. There's probably been lots going on, but nothing too major at the moment. <laughs> nothing <laughs> that
0: popped up in front of me, anyway. No, and, and nothing particularly local around here that um that we should yeah. be talking about. So, uh, as I said, Kyle, it, it is a very weird um. Time I was thinking about this earlier in the day. You know, as you said, without Ultra Trail Australia being on, and with a number of races being postponed recently because of the weather, it does feel like a very strange sort of holding pattern for lots of people. It's it's we know the Gold Coast Marathon's coming up, and that's obviously one of the massive races, um, you know, that we have on the calendar. We haven't had it for three years potentially, um, but just without Ultra Trail and, and without a few other races, like for example, the the um, the Glasshouse Cooks Tour, which is a big race that Alan puts on the AAA racing, that was supposed to be um, this weekend as well, but that got postponed as well. Um, the Moreton Bay Running Festival was supposed to be this weekend. That's been pushed back to early June. So there's a lot of things that are getting pushed back, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of races through June and then July. But it just feels like a very strange time of year for running at the moment because people are training, but there's not a huge
1: amount um, to actually rip into. <laughs> no, so it's, it's we'll see yeah, what comes. on time. But and I think, like I said, we're just all hoping that the weather finally <laughs> – Finally cools down. We lose all the rain and humidity. Cause I think this morning I got when I got out of my car to go for my run, it was twenty-three degrees and the humidity was in the 90% something. Not something yep. like in the 90% plus region. It was stinking hot. And we're two weeks away from winter. So I'm I'm really hoping. I feel like normally when we travel to UTA, I'm happily going to the airport in a jumper and yeah, cutting off the plane in a jumper. And yep. let me tell you, today was not a day that I would have been getting off the plane in a jumper. It's still still very warm. So I've got my fingers crossed that it is going to cool down in the next few months. And then all these people that are training at the moment just going, oh, why is training so hard at the moment? We'll finally be like, oh, I'm actually significantly fitter than I thought I was. It's just been this terrible weather. So I think everyone's just got to hang in there for a couple more weeks and you'll be fitter than you think you are.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, So, Kyle, that's about it. So talk us through the next fortnight because in other non-running related news, this is a, a pretty monstrous sort of fortnight month coming up for you. How's it all shaping? Family life, hearing, is cool. coming closer. It's, it's coming What's well. We're getting to
1: the point now that we're um, we're counting down days now, not weeks. So, you know, it's always then, you know, is she going to come early? Is she going to come late? You have no idea. She could come tonight. She could come in about four weeks, five weeks' time. I have no idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's getting to the point where I'm checking my phone quite regularly at work. I've got to that point now where I'll just have a quick look, you know, between between clients at work just to make sure that I haven't got five messages saying yeah. get home. So, no everything's going everything's going well it's now just it's the waiting game now we've we've organized most things everything's ready it's just yep. wait wait and see who knows she will come when she's ready
0: any similarities in tapering for a big marathon and awaiting the birth of a child is there any analogies you can draw any links or none at all
1: <laughs> i know i feel like at the moment i'm probably just cramming in my running going i have got to get my runs in <laughs> well i can't get down to all these all yeah. I'm enjoying sitting and having a yeah. coffee after my run because I think those days will be <laughs> all these little things. So, no, I think at the moment I'm going to train for this half like I normally would, and then I'll have a few weeks where I will just see how life is, how conducive. I'm having yeah. a few weeks off work, so um, I doubt I'll doubt i be down for many group sessions down at Main Beach or many early mornings, but it might be that, you know, I'm up all night, sleeping all day and going for, you know, 1 p.m. runs every day. I, I don't know. Yes. It might be It might be fantastic. Hopefully just once she comes, the weather will cool down, no humidity, and I can go for some lunchtime runs in my own time and it'll be great. Who knows? Perfect. We will find out very soon.
0: So yeah, perfect. So the next time we do this podcast, it, it could be Kyle and I, or it could be, uh, it could be Ben and I, um, or it could be Kyle and Ben. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? There'll be, there'll be some combination in two weeks, but if it's, if it's, if baby comes when it's due, um, it, it probably will most likely be Ben and I um, doing this next one, but we'll see how it, see how it all shapes up. Um, so yeah. So apart from that, Kyle, anything else that you can chat us through for the next for the next fortnight? You said you're just going to be
1: getting in a few runs. Um, um, I think yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I think it's trying to be it's it's trying to be patient for me these weeks. Well, things you know, everything's feeling okay, but I feel like I'm someone in a little holding pattern, waiting for one to stop having these kind of cold, dark, windy mornings. I think I said to a couple of the guys yesterday morning I got up for that you know my solo Saturday morning run and all I could hear was the pouring rain and it was pitch black and I laid on the couch and went why am I doing this I just need to go back to bed and I'm like no no I'll get in the car and go down and I drove down to the broad water, and I just pulled in and there was like one other car in the whole car park and it yep. was just sideways rain it was absolutely pouring down it was pitch black and I was so close to just turning the car back on and driving home and going to bed but I was like <laughs> oh no you come all the way down here now get out and yep. go for a run and it again felt amazing after I finished. I was very glad that I got out and ran. So I think I think this last kind of week or two is just testing everyone's resolve a little bit to to keep training through it because races are getting cancelled and you know weather's not great. Yeah. But like I said I keep saying to everyone as well just the plan for me for the next couple of weeks is just continue doing what I'm doing. Obviously life will change in the next of weeks for me anyway but you know for everyone else the weather's going to change everything feel good and then it'll be Gold Coast Marathon before we know it because I think from what I know like everyone seems to be wanting to do something at Gold Coast Marathon this year which is really good to see so I think regardless yeah. of whether people are running or just spectating and going to going to hang around the event it's going to be a, a pretty special weekend so I kind of feel like everything's yeah. starting to shift gear and we're all thinking about Gold Coast Marathon now so I'm excited again I think we're seven weeks away so it's not it's not long next time next time we chat we're only just over a month out from the marathon so yeah, I'm excited for. I got so many people running that I, I want to go down and watch. So I'm just I'm enjoying watching everyone else's training with me not training for a marathon. That's what I've been enjoying in these last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah it is. It is good fun. Um, so yeah, so that's it
0: for episode 64. I will say uh, to those listening at home, if it has been a little bit glitchy, I've noticed um, when we do record in these when there's a fair bit of cloud around and when it's pretty humid, sometimes it can be a bit glitchy. So apologies if it's cut in and out a little bit. Um, but thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, yeah, Kyle, enjoy the next next couple of weeks. And um, episode 6065, uh, we'll see you in a fortnight.